Thank you. Oh, right, I'm on. Nice. Hi. So, pretty exciting morning, seeing what God's doing in our midst and seeing what he's doing overseas. And uh, so the topic um, that we're looking at, following on from the video from the Baptist, the treasure of the gospel. And you've heard from UD, what a treasure it's been, Jesus has been in her life. And I love um, Isaiah 45:31, which they quoted in the video. I will, I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness. This is Jesus' promise to us. Secret riches, I will do this so that you will know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. So, we're expecting to see many more treasures hidden in the darkness. What do you think of when you think of hidden treasure? I think of um, diamonds, sparkling needing to be mined, needing to be dug out of the dirt and out of the rock. But, um, you know, some people see treasure as gold and jewellery and silver. I don't know if you saw a program on TV One a few weeks ago where this guy was um, going to tune a piano and he found sacks of gold coins under the, under the keyboard. Well, you'd think you'd just sort of home and hose if you found treasure like that, wouldn't you? They said it was the equivalent of buying a house, enough money to buy a house. Um, but actually, I believe there's an even greater treasure that God's talking about here. And it's the treasure of people. Every person that he created is a child that he loves and he wants to have a relationship. So whether you are a believer in Jesus or not, you are God's special treasure because he created you and he loves you and he wants to know you. I love this picture uh, of the... Twins in the womb. And uh, you will have seen it on the internet, you know. And um, they're talking to each other. And when the first twin says, do you believe in life after birth? <laughs> no, nah, there's no such thing, says the other one. No one's ever come back from birth. It's the end of life. There's nothing but darkness and anxiety. And it takes us nowhere. Well, I don't know, said the other twin. We certainly will see mother and she will take care of us. Mother? You believe in mother? Where is she now? Well, she's all around us. It's, he, it's in her that we live and move. Without her, there wouldn't be this world. Ah, I don't see her. Can't be true. Well, sometimes in the silence, if you listen, you might just hear her. Um, recently, you'll know that I went to Los Angeles to study about Song of Solomon and about God's love, and I was talking to God about his love. And, you know, I don't know if you have uh, the same experience as I do, but sometimes you think you can't feel it. And, well, you don't know if it's really real or not. And I was sort of saying to God, well, why don't we feel your love all the time? And he gave me this picture of babies in the womb. And it was like I realized he's showing me we're surrounded in God's love all the time. We just don't know it. We don't recognize it. But what about all the beautiful autumn colors that we're seeing? What about all the beautiful sunrises and sunsets, all the ways that God shows us his love, there wouldn't be a world without God and without his love. Yeah. In Psalm 139, in the um, Passion Bible, God created you. You form my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and you wove them all together in my mother's womb. 
I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. I love being at deliveries when I was a midwife and seeing these babies pop out and you go, I mean, I just was awestruck every time. The fantastic, fabulous creativity of God. I just always experienced it as a miracle. And you know what that word knit or wove together means? It can be translated to cover or to defend. And so God places an eternal spirit inside the conceived child in the womb and he covers that life and he sends a guardian angel to watch over that. Every child, every child born. You have an identity. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. You want to know your identity? Jesus has it all figured out. Get to know Jesus and you'll know what your identity is. Before I've even seen the light of day, the number of my days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. You know, when I was working in Thailand, Thai people love to go and find out about their future and get their fortunes told, and most Asians enjoy that. Many Kiwis, I think. But actually, if we go to the Word of God and we get to know Jesus, he's got it all figured out. And more than that, you are cherished. Whether you know Jesus or not, you are cherished. Every single moment you're thinking of me, This is about Jesus. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in every thought. Oh God, your desire toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still thinking of me. Do you know what cherish means? It means to show great love for someone, to treat with affection and tenderness, to love, protect and care for someone that's important to you. And it's related to the word costly and beloved. How many of us know that we are cherished? Yeah, you heard Yudi's testimony, that longing to know a father who would love and cherish. How many people today don't have that opportunity to know that they're cherished? Has anybody ever told you you're cherished? You're really precious? Well, you know what? Jesus is telling you today, you're his special treasure and you're cherished. And he wants you to know this relationship with him. You know, before he created the world, he dreamed about you and me and every one of us. And he has got a good plan for our life. He wants us to live in the security and the safety of knowing we're loved, we're cared for, we belong, we're totally accepted. But you know what? The enemy came along and blinded our eyes with Adam and Eve and made them think that to do their own thing and go their own way would be much better than obeying God. And so we're born with the same genes and we like to do our own thing, don't we? Do you like to be told what to do? No, I'll do it my own way, thank you very much. And we become separated from God because we don't want to do things his way. And you know what he's wanting to give us? Love, security, peace, joy, forgiveness. Here we go. Well, I'm inside. I'm really looking for these things, but actually, no. Nah, sure, God doesn't have it. I mean, how relevant could He be? 
I read uh, last week on stuff, uh, as you do, about um, a New Zealand interview from Youthline, and they had um, they interviewed 416 to 24-year-olds about what was the diffi greatest difficulty they faced. And stress came up as the greatest factor for young people today. A sense of worry and anxiety. Um, students getting uh, $160 a week in Auckland, and by the time they'd paid for rent and travel, they had $20 a week for food. Stress. A quarter of 15-year-olds report that bullying is the major factor, a major problem in their life. Um, other factors were lack of acceptance, bullying, drugs, and suicide. Well, what's gone wrong with our society? Well, actually, I think it's lack of face-to-face, -face, looking somebody in the eye, communing, communicating with them the reality of you're special, I'm willing to give you time, I'm willing to listen to you. We spend all our time looking at this face thing. And we think we're communicating, but actually it doesn't meet the heart need. It doesn't meet the longing of our heart. And how many young people are ending up committing suicide? It's really sad. Basically because they don't feel they're loved, they're cared for. We have a fabulous message. You're treasured, you're cherished. You're loved. Are we sharing it? Are we showing people? Jesus came to search for his lost treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. So Jesus is the man who comes looking for the lost treasure that's been hidden in this world, trampled in the dirt. All the people who are in refugee camps, all the people who have been sold into slavery, all the people who don't have mothers or fathers, who don't have love shown to them, who end up in prison because, well, they don't know how they got there, they just weren't loved, weren't cared for, and they ended up doing things that they thought would show that they were pretty strong. But Jesus, he paid the price to buy this field so that he could get the treasure. And every one of us who he created is his special treasure. Um, first Peter says, You know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold and silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. So you might have heard Yudi say, You know, I was born a Buddhist. I had it put on my form. Every person born in Thailand is a Buddhist. But she starts thinking, well, why am I a Buddhist? I didn't decide this. I didn't ask this. And so we end up being controlled by the beliefs of our ancestors uh, sometimes or um, the things that our family's done. This is the way you do it. Or we end up being stuck with religious beliefs. Um, or because of the way we been treated, we end up feeling we have a lack of worth, we might feel hopeless, useless, unwanted, abandoned, just because of the way we've been treated. And then we end up thinking, well, God doesn't love me. How could he love me after all these bad things have happened in my life? But actually, he totally loves you. He comes to find you in your pain. He followed Judy 20 years from when she got the first track with a cross on it until she came to New Zealand and found Jesus. 20 years, Jesus wooed her with his love. She just didn't know what was happening yeah. until somebody helped put it together. Yeah. 
Did you know that Jesus died on the cross to carry your sin, your pain, your shame, your sickness, your negative beliefs, all the things that bind you into feeling like, how can I ever get free of this? Or the wrong things that you've done. And the enemy says, well, God might forgive other things. I'll never forgive that sin. You know, the reality is we don't understand the power of the gospel very often. When I went back to Thailand a few years ago, um, I went to this prayer healing ministry. And there was a very sad, depressed-looking lady sitting there. In fact, there were two of them. And I thought, don't let me have to deal with them, Lord, because I wouldn't know what to do. Well, you guess who came into the room? And I thought, well, I'm not going to talk to them. I'll talk to Jesus because I've no idea what to do. And I just said, Holy Spirit, will you come and minister? And it was an awesome experience of seeing Jesus at work. And this woman um, got Jesus, the Holy Spirit, just started showing her some painful experiences from her past. And uh, she was telling us what God was doing. And, um, And then she said, Jesus is washing me. I'm like a little baby. He's washing me clean. Oh, now he's put on a, a nice white dress and he's, um, he's holding me in his arms. Oh, now I'm going to heaven and he's showing me the home that he's, he's built for me. <laughs> and Jesus took her around heaven and, and revealed a number of things. And by the end of it, this lady is beaming. And I'm going, wow, you're awesome, God. <laughs> and <laughs> then she told us her story. She said, uh, my mother and my father were both spirit mediums. And I lived in a very dark place, and I really wanted to get out of it. And she said, well, then uh, I got married, and my husband was a spirit medium, and so it got worse. But I heard about Jesus, and she'd come to know Jesus. But now I've experienced the cleansing of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and I want you, pointing at me, Everywhere you go to tell people, if Jesus can heal me and set me free like he's done today, he can do it for anybody. (laughs) The power of the gospel, I'm glad she didn't tell me the story before I would have walked out. (laughs) But Jesus did it. And he can set you free from whatever it is that's holding you back. It's fantastic. And we all have things ongoing in our life. When we come to Jesus and we give him our heart, He gives us his peace. He gives us his love. It gives us his joy. And then we might find, oh, there's another area. And actually, it's a lifelong experience of learning to surrender to Jesus the things that hold us back. And um, I guess it won't ever be finished until we see him face to face. (laughs) So Jesus is the treasure of the gospel. He loves you and cherishes you. He searches for you and he woos you. Until you're willing to respond. He paid the price for your sin with his blood. And all you need to do is believe in Jesus and invite him into your life and say, Lord, I give up. I surrender to you. And what does he want from you? Well, Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. He appeared to the disciples after the resurrection and he said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they're not forgiven. He gives us this precious treasure of knowing that we're loved, knowing we're treasured and cherished and being released from sin and all the things that hold us. Then he breathes the Holy Spirit into us and he said, go and tell others. They're all desperate out there. 
Um, they're all longing, they're all seeking, they're all hungry. So how do we do this? Well, recently when I was in LA, I um, studied about God's love. And, you know, I learned that actually every one of us who are believers, we're the bride of Christ. And Jesus is the bridegroom. You know that Song of Solomon says 28 times, you are my beloved. Jesus says, you are my beloved bride. And I'm the bridegroom. And as we learn to trust that actually we were walk, walking and um, in companionship with him. This morning I read, you're my beautiful companion. And I thought, great, thank you, Jesus. I can do this. You're right by my side. I don't have to do it on my own. He calls us, you're my darling companion. And I've been saying, hey, what does that mean, God? I feel like I've sort of been doing it all my own. <laughs> I mean, I'm always asking him, but their consciousness, he's my beautiful. Well, he says, you're my beautiful companion. You're my darling companion. Yeah. Well, nice. I'm enjoying that. <laughs> Listen to this. Every part of you is so beautiful, my darling. Perfect your beauty without flaw. That's who you are in Christ. You're beautiful. You're his darling. And you're perfect without flaw. Can we believe it? The enemy keeps telling us, well, no, really. You've still got this and you've still got that and you've still got the other. But if we choose to believe what God says about us, we can have freedom to function and to actually step forward. And this was a verse that God used to help me get off my couch and um, actually go to LA because I was scared. You know, what about Trump? And, uh, well, he's not going to let people in and, um, well, he might push the button while I'm there and who knows what will (laughs) happen. I was really scared. Going to Thailand's a breeze, but going to America, well, I wasn't so sure. (laughs) Now you're, you are ready, bride of the mountains, to come with me as we climb the highest peaks together. And this is what Jesus said to me. Come with me through the archway of trust. Will you trust me? Will you leave all your fears behind? You know, he's asking us to partner with him to share the gospel with other people. Well, I'm always scared. I don't know about you. The enemy always gives me a reason why that person wouldn't be interested and why whatever. But Jesus says, if you will come with me, you're my beloved, you're my bride, you're my beautiful companion. If you will come with me through the archway of trust, well, actually, and it goes on to say, together we will wage war. He's not saying it's going to be easy, but he's the one who takes the initiative. He's our companion, and um, we don't do it alone. So... I wonder if there's anybody here today who has never given their life to Jesus, who has never experienced his peace, his love, his joy. I'd just like to ask you to close your eyes and anybody is here who would like to give their life to Jesus for the first time, would you like to put up your hand because we'd like to pray with you. Hmm. To know his love, to know his forgiveness. I'm just going to lead us in a prayer, and if you would like to pray it with me, please feel free to do so. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. Thank you that you see me as your treasure, and you died to forgive all my sins. I ask you for your forgiveness. I ask you to come into my life. 
and to be my leader and guide. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'd just like to encourage those of us who are Christians, are you willing to step through the archway of trust? Are you willing to say to Jesus, I want to share this treasure with others. I'm scared, but I want to. Are you willing to trust Jesus to give you an opportunity to share his love? That he will lead you by the hand and you can walk through the archway of trust with him. So I'm just going to invite any of you or all of you who would like to just make a fresh commitment to share the love of Jesus with people in the days ahead to stand. And we'll pray together. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. You see our hearts. You see that we're often fearful. But thank you that you say we are your darling companion. And you walk with us, and you invite us to walk with you through the archway of trust. So, Lord, we come with our fears. We come with our insecurities. But we come with this precious treasure of the love of Jesus. And we say, we're willing. We're available. Please open our mouths. Give us boldness. And please... Open opportunities by your spirit so that we stand in awe at what you do so that we actually get to share the gospel and see you doing amazing things in our midst. Lord, we love you. We surrender to you and we say, we're here, we're available. We want to share the love of God with others this week and the coming weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, can we just thank Jeanette for the message this morning? Bishop Jeanette. We still got these? It's not just me. Can we pass them along to the edges of the um, rows? And then if someone just down each row can uh, just collect them up, it'll allow us to do the it'll allow us to do the um, the telly and, and have the fun of the competition.